Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Haley Johnson coming on the podcast. Haley is going to share her cesarean section birth story. Some things that we touch on is listeria during pregnancy, which Haley may or may not have gotten, kind of debatable, but we talk about the complications and risks that listeria can pose during a pregnancy, as well as how you get it and what you're actually at risk for afterwards. We also talk about having a breech baby, which is the reason why Haley ended up having a cesarean section. And then as far as postpartum, we talk a lot just about how it truly does take a village. We talk about Haley's troubles with breastfeeding, and we talk about postpartum depression as well. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Haley. Hello and welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What the Bump. Today we have Haley coming on the podcast to share her birth story. So thank you for being here, Haley. You're welcome. This is fun. (laughs) So starting off, just tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so um, right now I live in Oregon. I grew up in Perrysburg. I'm a senior at Lourdes. And then Noah is my boyfriend. We met years ago. So we've known each other for a long time. We dated um, in high school for a little bit. And he was busy working and I just was all about school. So we didn't really continue like our relationship. We kind of talked on and off. And then Back in April of last year during the pandemic is when we reconnected and we basically spent like the whole pandemic together, which is crazy because everybody was at home. We had a lot of time, just him and I. Awesome. So tell me about finding out you were pregnant. Yeah. So we found out it's actually, it was a really crazy week. So I actually had COVID back in September of last year. So I tested positive for COVID. Um, I just had started a new job and I worked for two days and then I think I was exposed. And then a week later I tested positive for COVID. Um, So I was home. We actually both were home since he was exposed as well. So we were home on quarantine and this was probably about a week into the quarantine. And I remember I was doing homework because I was in school and I was sitting in the chair and I was like, oh my gosh, my boobs hurt so bad. (laughs) I was like, why do my boobs hurt? And I had remembered that I was on birth control. We weren't trying to get pregnant, but I was on the pill and I'm not the best at remembering to take my pill. So I kind of had a feeling that we might've slipped up this month and I was just self-conscious about it. And with my boobs hurting, like my period was not even, it was due for another, it wasn't even due for another week. I take a test. I had one upstairs already from like a month before that. I went upstairs and I took it and I was like, there's no way like this is actually going to be positive. Like I'm just in my head. And sure enough, it showed two lines and I was like, oh, well, that's weird. I'm like, am I seeing this right? Is that really two lines? So then I waited like two more hours and I decided to take a digital test because I know that like your HCG has to be higher for those ones. 
And I was like, okay, this one, like for sure will tell me and give me a good idea. So I took that one and then all the letters came across and said pregnant. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way. I was excited at first, nervous, but you know, I just believe everything happens for a reason. So I came downstairs, Noah was home. I came downstairs and I was, I handed him the test and he just kind of was like, he just, his, his cheeks got all red and he got a smile across his face. And I was like, oh boy. So that was pretty much how we found out. I, yeah, my period was not even due for another week. So, I mean, I literally was probably three weeks pregnant, three, four weeks pregnant. So it's pretty crazy that I found out that early. Yeah. It's almost crazy that you like had those first little like symptoms too. I do remember my boobs being like extremely sore. And actually the first time um, we got pregnant with the baby that we ended up miscarrying, I, that was my first inclination. I was like, yeah, my boobs, like even before I even thought to take a test, it was kind of the same thing as you, like this time around, I took a test before I really had any like symptoms that showed up. But that first pregnancy, I was like, my boobs hurt like really bad. Yeah. And I took one and yeah, lo and behold. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't religiously taking my pill like I should have been. And then September came around and it was actually for real. (laughs) Yes. And you know, like you said, you know, things happen for a reason and I'm sure there's nothing you would go back and do to change it. But yeah, if you do not take those pills religiously, they do not work. (laughs) Just a side note for everybody out there who is on birth control. You miss a pill you're risking it. (laughs) And you do need to take it at the same time every day, which I was awful about. And I'm still, I'm still, even with my prenatals, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to take one today. Like, yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Yes. I still set alarms in my phone all the time for all these things because it is really hard. (laughs) For sure. So walk me through your pregnancy. Tell me about what it was like being pregnant. How was that first trimester? And then how was pregnancy even towards the end? Yeah, so I just felt really grateful throughout my whole pregnancy because I don't know, everyone paints like when you hear people are pregnant, I feel like they paint the picture of, oh my gosh, it's miserable. You'll hate your first trimester. You'll be so sick. And I was never sick. Like, I often was like, am I really pregnant? Is this a joke? Because I'm like, I never threw up. I was never nauseous. Don't get me wrong, like, there were points where I was like, oh, especially towards the end, you know, I've heard people like brushing their teeth and like throwing up because they can't brush their teeth. And I was like, I never had any of that. The worst thing I had was like food aversions. So like beef and meat would make me kind of sick to my stomach. But I mean, literally other than that, it was a pretty good first trimester. I'm anemic. So I was fatigued more than normal. So that was a little hard. Um, I was definitely tired. Um, I was working full-time and school full-time and then our classes were online. So I'd work seven to four or seven to five and then come home and spend three hours doing homework and studying. And I was definitely tired from that, but I feel like that was probably the fatigue was probably one of the harder things for me early on. And then I feel like throughout anything after that, I, I don't know, my glucose test went good. I actually... I had to take the one hour twice. So I took the one hour the first time and passed it. And then the second time I was like one point higher than what I should have been. So I had to take the three hour, which yes, that's not fun sitting for like, you really end up sitting for four hours and that's definitely long, but, and that one made me sick. Like I felt like I was going to get sick because that is a lot of sugar. Um, So I took that one and I ended up being like 
I shouldn't even have had to take it because my levels were lower than what, not lower, but they were low for having to take a three hour. So it all worked out. I didn't have gestational diabetes, but after failing the one hour in my second try, we started thinking about, okay, if I do get gestational diabetes, I know that there's a risk for having the baby earlier or being induced at one point. And no one I talked and we just decided like, I did not want to be induced if I had to be. Um, so that was just kind of in the back of our minds. And then March in March, I was really, really sick one morning. I was puking like really bad. And I just started feeling like really dehydrated and I called my OB's like nurse line and I asked him like, I don't know if I caught like a stomach bug or food poisoning, but I was like, I am like shaky. I could barely walk. I was like, I could tell I was getting very dehydrated from getting sick. And they told me to go to the ER. So I went to the ER and um, they gave me fluids, which definitely helped a lot. And then the midwife came in and she was like, well, you know, it's probably something you ate. And she was like, you know, the only concern we would have would be for listeria. And I don't know a whole lot about listeria. I mean, I did a lot of research. It's kind of one of those things that's like, you hear about it when you do like your education in the beginning and, you know, they tell you like, don't, don't eat like deli meat and whatever. But after, you know, doing my research on it. And when I was in the hospital, she was like, you would be more sick if you had listeria. And I was like, be more sick. I'm like, I am so sick right now. But typically she said that they would see a fever and I didn't have a fever. So she asked me, she's like, that's the only thing we'd be concerned about. And she's like, we can test for it if you want. And I was like, well, you already drew my, drew my blood. I'm like, if there's a chance for listeria, I'd rather I'm here. I'd rather know about it now than not know about it. So they tested me for listeria and they sent me home because they said that it would take, I think 10 to 14 days or something to come back. So I just, I went home and it was like, I felt better. I went to the store and got like electrolytes and um, they said I could take Imodium. So I took that and I felt I mean, it was weird. It was like an 18 hour bug because by that night, I mean, I was definitely like felt weak, but I wasn't like throwing up anymore. So I was feeling better. Um, so then the next day I, I took the next day off to rest. And then that following day I went back to work and worked normal for about five days. And then I was at work on a Friday and my OB was calling me. I'm like, why is my OB calling me? I'm like, I don't, I don't have any, did I miss an appointment? And I was sitting there and then I went to the calendar and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been 10 days. I'm like, I bet you my listeria test came back. And I got really nervous because I was at work, couldn't answer my phone. And I clicked on the voicemail and it pulls up that prompt that tells you kind of like what people say without listening to it. Right. And it said something about like, you need to call me back as soon as possible. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I remember looking over at, um, my coworker, Rachel, which is actually Noah's, um, sister. And I looked at her and I was like, Rach, I'm like, I think my listeria is positive. And she was like, what? So I went in the back room and I called her back and sure enough, my OB was like, your listeria test came back positive. And I just remember like panic mode because she started like saying about, how, you know, it's really, really dangerous. I was almost in my third trimester and she was like, 
if this would have been like your first trimester, you would have been at a higher risk to like miscarriage or just like you could potentially have a stillbirth. And I just was like crying and so nervous. And I felt awful because she, she, what did you eat? And I was like, nothing out of the normal. And I remember I had had that Monday before that weekend, I had had Stepway because my mom was over and we were working on the nursery and um, Noah went and was like, well, let's go, let me go get some sandwiches for us. And he went and got Subway and I had ham on my sandwich and I always get the same thing there. And that's the only thing that, that I would probably have gotten sick from. I guess Lucera can be on your fruits and veggies and like anything. So they tell you just to be like, when you're pregnant, you're supposed to just be extra cautioning and keeping fruits separated from meats and whatnot. And I thought I was doing a really good job of that because my whole first trimester, I was like, I didn't eat anything on the list they gave me to like stay away from. I was like, I don't want to eat something and then have something happen. So I literally, that was the first time I had Subway. And that was like almost in the beginning of my third. And I had the ham and I told her, I'm like, that's the only thing I could think of. And she's like, did you heat it up? And I'm like, no. And she's like, yeah, this went on this list of things. Like, you know, I'm sending in antibiotics and you need to take, you know, I had to take antibiotics for a week. You know, I'm like, is our baby going to be okay? Like, do I need to be concerned? And she was like, the only thing I can tell you is I got to refer you out to maternal fetal medicine because she's like, they specialize in you know, these type of things. And I just felt at that moment, I just felt fault because I was like, okay, I literally ate a sandwich. And now that has changed everything. She told me maternal fetal medicine was going to reach out to me. And, you know, this was a Friday. So it was like two in the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm going to call them because I don't want to have to go all weekend without hearing anything. So maternal fetal medicine, they saw me. So I had to go that whole weekend. Um, that whole weekend and that, you know, pretty much a whole week before I saw them for a console. And I remember I came home and Noah was just like distraught. He like had no idea what Listeria was. He's got like no medical background. So he was just like, what does this mean? And I remember we were pretty emotional about it the one night because, you know, she said that your baby could be born stillborn or could be born with like birth defects. And I would just, you know, hearing that is awful. And, you know, especially from doing something as eating something that you're not supposed to, I just, I felt a lot of guilt that I could have potentially harmed my baby. And, you know, so it was a really rough weekend. I think we, I think I remember we like just laid low and, you know, everyone was praying and hoping for good news. But I mean, I had to go to work. I had to like continue on for like three or four more days until I had even, sort of an answer as to what was going to be going on and I end up going in that that Thursday and long story short they did an ultrasound and they didn't see any infection on the placenta so the um the maternal fetal medicine doctor said that he thinks that it was an old infection something about where my numbers were they were like they weren't high but he said they were higher than what they would be for a recent infection. Um, so it was kind of confusing. They didn't, they didn't say, they said that like testing for listeria is not common. And they said there's, it's kind of hard to test for. Um, so they monitored me for like 
the whole rest of my pregnancy, I had plenty of ultrasounds um, and they all were good. There was no infection in the placenta, which that's what they mainly were looking for. They said that if this was first trimester and I had listeria and they saw an infection in the placenta, they said it, the doctor literally looked at me and he's like, this would have killed your baby. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I was so, so thankful that I was where I was at in my pregnancy and so thankful that, you know, she ended up being okay and there was nothing wrong with my placenta. So that was the only thing really that was like scary and hard, I would say during the pregnancy and unusual because, I mean, I remember even reaching out to you because I know your experience and I was just trying to get some information like, has anyone seen this? Like, do you see it in the hospital? And I mean, from what I got from other people, it was like listeria, like really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely, like you said, one of those harder things to test for because it's hard to tell if the levels are showing like a past infection, just like MFM had told you, or whether it's a recent infection. And the other thing with listeria, you know, you don't hear about it often because it, first of all, is more rare and, you know, it's hard to test for to get a definitive answer. Some women don't even really get sick from it. Um, But it is, you know, everybody always wonders why in pregnancy are you told not to eat lunch meat? And Mm -hmm. listeria is the reason why. And for normal people, we really don't get, you know, normal meaning not pregnant, Correct. <laughs> for not pregnant people, you can eat, you know, Subway, whatever it may be. And even if it has listeria on it, you normally don't get sick. Um, it's right. just pregnant women are highly, highly more susceptible to actually getting sick from listeria. And then when you do get sick from listeria and you're pregnant, it does cause complications with baby. Um, just like, you know, what they had told you, it just increases the chances of, you know, a stillbirth, I believe birth defects. I don't know if yeah. they had told you that. I think it can increase risk for that in the first trimester, you know, preterm delivery, preterm labor. All yes. That kind I forgot of stuff. about that too. Um, infection of the placenta. So I personally have never came across it in my like labor and delivery career um, or encountered it, but it's also the same on, you know, on the other side of it, I know so many pregnant women who do eat lunch meat and don't even heat it up, you know, because yeah, yeah, it's rare. And the chances of it being on your lunch meat, I mean, it can also be on, you know, Walmart um, just, I think two weeks ago had an outbreak in their cupcakes. Like, right. That's so you can can get it from anything. So it's it's hard. Yeah. And I remember Noah's mom was like, Haley, like stop blaming. Cause I was terrified and I felt so guilty. And she's like, stop blaming yourself because she's like, I've heard that it can literally be on anything, It can, but it's just more common to find it on lunch meat. And, you know, with being pregnant, like you said, they're more susceptible to getting an infection. So it was, yeah, that was definitely, that was definitely hard. And in the end, I'm just thankful that she's here and she's healthy and that's all that matters now, but yeah. Yeah. And there's just so much like fear mongering, mongering around pregnancy and what you can and can't do and can and can't eat. So I normally, you know, I lunch me is one thing that I am a little bit, I do usually heat up my lunch meat when I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. Other than yeah. that though, like I eat sushi cause sushi can have right. listeria. Um, right. and sushi has proven to be very safe during pregnancy, but yeah, there is, there's just so much as far as what you can and can do and can and can't eat. So yeah, you definitely just, you can't blame yourself because it could have no. been, you know, it might not have even been that sub, like it could have been That's a piece of lettuce you ate, or it could have been, you know, a cookie right. you ate, like <laughs> After, you know, that entire thing, I'm very glad that she was okay. MFM got to follow through with you throughout your pregnancy. Kind of fun getting maybe those little extra ultrasounds to see her. It was. (laughs) So thinking about birth and coming into birth, did you have any like birth preferences or birth wishes? 
I think the only thing, I mean, we talked about it. Kindly, mom, she ended up being breached like my whole pregnancy. And we found that out at one of our ultrasounds. And they said that, um, you know, we could do the external version or whatever, or they could do a C-section. And I did not want to do the hands-on trying to turn her around. So that's basically when we started talking about a birth plan. My general birth plan before that was just like, I wanted to try, you know, vaginal. I definitely wanted an epidural. I just didn't want to be induced. Um, If it came down to it, I was like, I really want like my body to like naturally start the laboring process. I didn't want it to be forced or, I mean, obviously whatever the medical team felt was necessary is important, but that was the only thing that I like didn't want was to be induced, um, for my labor. Gotcha. All right. So tell me about then, you know, as your pregnancy progressed, either going into labor or what ended up happening with her being breech. Yeah. So I remember it was like 30, I was 34 weeks and I was at home and I started having cramps. And in the past with my periods, I've had really heavy menstrual cramps. And that's just kind of what it felt like. And I was sitting at home. I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know if I'm just, my uterus is like preparing or what, but I was like, I'm so crampy. And I went and called, or I talked to the nurse line and she's like, well, she's like, you know what, you know, you seem a little like not in distress, but she's like, you just seem kind of worried about it. And I was like, they're just really like, strong cramps. Like I'm like miserable. And what I would do for period cramps is lay with a heating pad. But obviously when you're pregnant, you can't do that. And she was like, why don't you just come into the triage and just get checked out just in case. So I was, you know, 34 weeks and I went in and got checked out. They hooked me up and they're like, you know what, actually on the monitor, they were seeing very small contractions. Um, but they, they didn't think it was any of of any concern. And the midwife came in and she was like, I'm going to check you if you're okay with that. And I was like, yeah, I've never been checked yet. I'm like, I'm 34. And, you know, typically you start getting, you know, cervical checks at 36 weeks. So I was a little nervous about getting checked because I don't know, some people say it hurts or it's uncomfortable or whatever. So she ended up checking me and she's like, you're three centimeters dilated and 70% effaced. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm 34 weeks. I'm that like, you know, you hear about women that are like 39 weeks and they're barely a centimeter. And I was like, I'm seriously three centimeters. And my OB was not there. Um, and she ended up being on call in the evening and she came in and long story short, I ended up getting um, steroid shots to help mature her lungs just in case since I was showing preterm labor. And so the steroid shots, I had to get one that night and one 24 hours later. Um, And I was totally down for that because I was like anything to help her if she's trying to come early. So I did that. And then my OB recommended like I was on straight pelvic rest. And then they recommended that um, I follow up with my OB the following day. So I was put off of work for like two days. I saw my OB the next day and she checked me. I wasn't progressing anymore. And she recommended that I be on bed rest for two weeks. She's like, let's just try and get you to the 37 week mark. She's like, even at this point, she's like, if she progresses, we're not going to stop it because you're, you know, she's like, you're, 
you're early, but she's like, you're to the point where it'll be okay if she comes. And, um, so I was on bed rest. Um, and was she, for- was she still breached during all this? Yes. Still okay. breached. Pretty sure she was breached my whole pregnancy. So I was on bed rest for a week and like a week and a day after I first started having the cramps, I was at home or no, it was early in the morning and I was at home and I'm, I woke up at, it was like four in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, the cramps were like really, really, really strong. And then they stopped I'm like, are these contractions? Like I had no idea, you know, with never having a baby before, I just, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, I ended up falling back to sleep and no one got up for work. And I told him, I was like, oh my gosh, like, babe, like my lower back just hurts so bad. And I think I was having like back labor and I was really crampy. And he was like, well, he's like, do you want me to stay home? I'm like, I'm going to try and just go back to sleep and see if I feel better. Well, I couldn't fall asleep. So I decided to get in the shower and that didn't help. And I was like, let me just eat something. So I had like a bowl of cereal. So I texted Noah's mom and I was like, I don't feel comfortable driving myself to the hospital this time. Do you mind taking me just to get checked out? And she's like, yeah. She's like, do you want me to come right now? And I'm like, no, it's it's no rush. Like just, you know, whenever you can. And she came probably, it took about maybe like an hour and a half. And I remember I ate and that didn't help. So I laid on the couch and I ended up like falling asleep as I was having these cramps. And I was laying on the couch and she came and picked me up. Long story short, we get to the hospital, they check me out. And this time they were like three minutes apart. And I'm like, these are contractions. Like at this point in my pregnancy, I didn't have any Braxton Hicks. I never had those. So I just, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that these were actually contractions. And I was in the hospital and they were like, you know what, we're going to check you. And the midwife came in and checked me and I was four centimeters dilated and 90% effaced. And she was like, like, you might be having this baby today. And I'm like, at this point, I was 35 weeks and four days having the baby today. I'm like, I don't have her bags. I'm like, Noah's at work. I'm like, I'm not ready. And they were like, well, you know, we're going to watch you for an hour and then we're going to come back and check you. So in the meantime, they decided to do an ultrasound because I told them, I'm like, she's breech. I can guarantee you she's still breech. She is going to do whatever she wants to do. If she wants to turn around, she'll turn around. And um, I told the, the nurse, I was like, I'm pretty sure she's still breech. And she's like, okay, well, let's get an ultrasound and we'll check. And they came in and she was breech, but they said she was actually more transverse And I was like, well, that's weird. And, you know, the only other option would be a C-section. I worked in the healthcare field and I've seen emergency C-sections and they're very emergency. Like in my opinion, they are chaotic. If I wanted a C-section, I wanted it to be planned. So it wasn't as chaotic and stressful and scary. So an hour went by and they came back in and checked me and I was five centimeters dilated. And she said, I had a bulging sack. And she was like, you're having this baby today. She's like, I got to go make some phone calls. Noah was still at work. So I texted him. I was like, you need to leave work. I'm like, they're telling me that she's coming today. So long story short, I got to the hospital at like 11 o'clock, 1130. And she wasn't born or she was born at 217. Mm -hmm. So Noah came. I mean, it was a very 
it wasn't an emergency, but it was very rushed. The Roby came in and she was like, she's like, we do have some bad news. She was like, with this C-section and her being breached, they said, because she was kind of transverse, so like, a, I think it's called a classical C-section, which I believe is up and down. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So they were worried at first that, that they were going to have to cut me up and down. And she was like, I'm going to try and get her butt down when we're in the room. She's like, if I can get her butt down a little bit more, she's like, we're going to be good to go. So, you know, the anesthesia people, they all came in and I just started like crying when they came in because I've never had surgery and I've always had like a superstition. I was just, I've just been scared of surgery. I don't know why. I just was like, you know, I know, I know too much is my thing. And you know, they came in and we're talking about my spine and my back and um, just things got very real, very quick. And I just wasn't prepared to have her, you know, that day. So I ended up, you know, going in, having the C-section. I got a spinal block, which was good, but awful because they had a resident trying to do it at first. I remember Noah, like after having her, he saw my back and I'm anemic. So I bruised very easily, but he said there was like seven or eight holes in my back. And, you know, you have to be, you're sitting there hunched over. I was like, guys, this hurts so bad. And I was like crying and they're like, you shouldn't feel anything. Like you're doing great. We're almost there. That was probably like the hardest thing because I just started like sobbing and my OB was holding my hand and she's like, it's okay. She's like, you're doing good. And I just wanted to be over. Like I just, it was just awful. And I remember the resident took over or the attending took over and it took him like two or three times to actually get it. And once they got it and they're like, you'll start to feel warm. And, you know, at that point I obviously didn't feel anything. And then they brought Noah in and they literally brought Noah in and he sat down and they're like, nope, stand up. And he stood up and she was out, you know, and they had the NICU team there just in case with her being, you know, technically premature. She came out and they said everything checked out. She was six pounds, two ounces. And I remember um, right after they just checked her blood sugars to make sure that she was good. That C-section was, was intense for sure. <laughs> so did she end up being able to do just the normal um, transverse inci- incision for your C-section? Yes. Okay. Yep. She's like your placenta. We sent, they sent my placenta off to be tested, but you know, there was this big thing. Like they, everybody was like, it's really uncommon for your first baby to come early. I mean, she was a month early. Right. And I was, I remember asking my OB, my OB, I'm like, did this have something to do with the listeria? And no one really had an answer for it, but they did say, you know, with it being your first, it's really rare that you dilated very quickly and that she came early. Um, and you know, every, every pregnancy is different and it could have been cause of listeria or it could have just been whatever. We don't, we don't really know. Right. Um, but you know, the C-section went well and, you know, she came out good and everything ended up being okay in the end. Yeah. That's awesome. So tell me about postpartum. How was postpartum? How was healing? Uh, that was rough. Um, as far as like the initial first, we ended up staying in the hospital for three days. I was struggling with, um, keeping my pain tolerance down my pain after the procedure was, it was a lot. I mean, I think they gave me, I was on like oxy and, you know, I, I try not to take every time that I needed to. And they, you know, they gave me my meds and they were like, just take them. They're like, if you even have the slightest amount of pain, she's like, 
don't get behind. So that was hard. I definitely learned my lesson there. Um, so we stayed for three days, really worried about coming home because I, I mean, I could barely even walk like, you know, and then like sitting down on the toilet, even just to go to the bathroom, like at my house, we have one bathroom here and it's upstairs. Gosh, how am I going to go up the stairs when I get home? Noah wasn't sure how long he would have for um, paternity leave. And he ended up getting pretty much two weeks. And we ended up sleeping in our living room for like the first week and a half to two weeks because I had to sleep in the recliner because I, I mean, I had no use of those, I mean, those muscles. I mean, you know, they, they cut through everything. So, I mean, sitting up was hard. You know, I couldn't really lay flat and like get up without any help. So I slept in the recliner, slept in the recliner and that helped. Um, I ended up just taking my time going up the stairs and, you know, I, I wore the binder that they give you. So I would probably say the first week was the hardest as far, as far as like my C-section recovery. Um, but you know, after that I started doing a little bit more each day, I wanted to slowly start doing things to help make it a little bit easier. And Noah even yelled at me several times. He's like, um, don't you dare try and vacuum, like stop trying to do it, like go sit down. So I definitely pushed it a little bit, you know, it ended up being okay. The C-section, I mean, it was definitely hard. And then as far as like, from that time to where we are now, I feel like I definitely struggled. You know, I didn't really have a goodbye. I know this kind of sounds weird, but I didn't really have a goodbye to my pregnancy. I feel like it came to an end so quick. And that was really hard for me at first. I remember like I couldn't change our whiteboard calendar. Like it had um, stuff on it from before she was here. And I was like, I can't change that. Don't touch it. Don't erase it. Like it was just, I don't know how to explain it. It was just weird. It just took a little while to like get used to it. And then those hormones. I mean, I remember when I was holding her one night and I just was crying. I'm like, she's so beautiful. She's so perfect. And I'm like sobbing. And I, he, he like Noah had come downstairs and he's like, what's wrong. And I'm like, I just love her so much. Like, (laughs) it's so crazy to think about, but like your hormones are like all over the place and you're so emotional. And it's like, I can laugh about it now because it's like, okay, Haley, really? Like it's, it'll be okay. Like calm down. You know, and I was kind of worried about having postpartum depression because Um, I do have um, depression and anxiety in my life and I've had it for probably ever since high school, about freshman year, I started having signs of anxiety. Um, So, you know, I was at a higher risk for postpartum depression and that was in the back of my mind, like every day. And I, you know, tried doing a lot of things to not start showing those signs. And I mean, ultimately it's really nothing that you can control. So I did end up having postpartum depression. I end up at my six week, I did not do well on the test that like the checklist that they yeah, at the Edinburgh. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, I didn't score like awful, but she's like, you're definitely at a risk. Like you're higher, but you're not like super high. She's like, do you want to go back on your meds? My OB asked. And I'm like, yep. And I could have taken my meds during my pregnancy because my anxiety was awful during my pregnancy. And I could have gone back on them, but I just didn't want to be taking that while pregnant with her. You know, everybody has different opinions, but I just didn't want her to be 
because there's some studies out there that they can become like addicted to what you're taking. And Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't want to have to deal with any of that. So I took one for the team and I just was (laughs) like, I don't want her to have any of that in her system. And I was like, I can manage my anxiety in other ways than taking my meds. So, you know, six weeks postpartum, I was like, nope, I need to go back on them because I just, I don't know. I started like, you know, she Kinsley with her being early, she was colicky and I mean, still is colicky. She has reflux and she now has um, a milk intolerance. So she, we, we, I mean, we were going to her pediatrician like once a week for like seriously six weeks straight. And it was just like issue after issue. And I started feeling like a disconnect between her and I. And part of it was because you know, I, I wanted to breastfeed and, you know, with her being early, they really developed that, um, that sucking and that, that reflux the last couple of weeks. And I didn't have that with her coming early. So, you know, she would never latch on very well. And if she would, it was only one side. And then I tried a nipple shield and that was the only way I could get her to actually breastfeed. But I ended up just exclusively pumping for, I'd only end up being for a month, but that is really hard. Like, I think, you know, I give props to any mom out there that can breastfeed or even pump because I mean, you're pumping, like you have to pump. And then after you pump, you have to feed her. And then it's like change her and she sleeps. And then you do it all over again. Like there's no break. And I just, it was really, really hard for me. And she, you know, I had to go see um, a lactation consultant, which was like the best thing ever. Like one thing I definitely learned was go, go get help. Like go talk to them, go have them help you. Like, I think I just, it was a pride thing. I was like, no, I got this. Like I can do it. And I could not. And after I saw that lactation consultant, I felt like a whole new person. I brought, you know, I came home and I had a nipple shield and I learned techniques and she latched and it was like, it was the best thing ever. I was like, I love this. Like I wanted to breastfeed and I wanted, cause I know I've heard of people who breastfeed and have a stronger like connection with their baby. And, um, you know, I did that for a little bit, but as I, as I was breastfeeding, I would breastfeed and then she would fall asleep and she would stay asleep for like 20, 30 minutes and then wake up and be hungry again. So then I ended up giving her a bottle anyway. And to me, I was just like, why am I breastfeeding? It's like, I'm doing, I'm doing double the work. So I ended up stop. I mean, I would try like once a day to get her latched and she really just didn't really take to it very well. Um, and then long story short, she ended up having this milk allergy. So she had to stop having my milk, which was definitely hard. Um, because when we found out she had the milk allergy, I was still pumping because we weren't really sure, you know, where this would lead. And we started with formula and I was still pumping. Um, so I exclusively pumped, but it came to a point where she wasn't going to have my milk and we don't know if she'll ever, you know, I have some milk still in the freezer and I'm keeping it, but, um, you know, she couldn't have it anyway because she was rashy and bloody stools and all that fun stuff. So that, that I feel like definitely played into my postpartum depression. I just feel like there was a disconnect between her and I, because I couldn't breastfeed and things were just very hard. I mean, I was making 
I had to make decisions every day about like, okay, this formula is not working. So what do we try now? Or how do we do this? And you know, when people say it takes a village, it 100% does like, Noah's mom came over a couple nights and just helped us like helped us with her as she was crying. I mean, she would cry from like three in the afternoon till 10, 11 o'clock at night. And even before that, when she was like two weeks old, you know, they don't sleep a lot. I mean, they should sleep a lot, but in the middle of the night, when you want to sleep, they're not sleeping. And I don't know. So I feel like we just have had a really hard time with kids sleep, but Um, you know, it's definitely a learning experience. There's no manual on how to do this. And we've learned a lot and she's definitely better um, where she's at now. And, you know, I think I just didn't want her to be on the formula. I just wanted, I'm like, no, like she will be able to breastfeed. She will have my best milk. Like it'll be okay. But there's nothing wrong with them being formula fed or breastfed as long as they're eating. That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that was just really hard for me um, at first, but with being on my meds, 100% better, I would say like I, and things are getting easier now. We still have our moments where she'll cry for hours and hours straight and you just feel like helpless. You know, there's not really, I mean, she wouldn't take to swaddling, you know, we tried literally everything and, you know, she just had to cry. Like there was really nothing we could do. And that was really hard. And I feel like that's part of what created and attributed to my postpartum depression, but, you know, reaching out for help and going back on my meds was the best thing I could have done for me, her and my, you know, our family. Um, Cause I'm definitely way better than I was without them. And Um, you know, just taking it day by day. I mean, she's still got her flare ups or where she'll be upset, but she's really, she's doing a lot better now. Um, and I think that has also made my postpartum depression better. Um, we're getting into routine. So it's just like, you know, things are slowly getting better, but it was definitely, it's definitely really hard at first. So, yeah, I definitely think, like you said, there's no manual. Every baby is different and it's such a learning curve. Like you've never been a mom before if it's your first baby at least. So, and even if it's not, you know, this baby will be vastly different from your last and your baby has never been a baby before. So it's not like they, Mm -hmm. you know, necessarily come out knowing exactly how to latch on or, um, you know, how to soothe themselves to sleep or anything like that. It really, it can be hard and it totally takes a village. And I just, thank you for sharing your, your story about just kind of your, your struggle with postpartum depression, because it's a real thing. And the more we for talk sure. about it, and especially the more that, you know, people are willing to share their stories with it, the more that you are empowering other women to be bold enough to go and seek help. You know, like you said, at your yeah. six week follow-up, your doctor was like, do you want back on your meds? And you were like, yep. And mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's a postpartum depression is a real thing. And you really, it's something 100%. that you've got to get help for. You have to talk to somebody about it, whether it be a counselor or your OB. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, thank you for just sharing all yeah. that. Yeah, I, of course. And I just, I feel like for anyone out there that feels in my experience, I started seeing and feeling things and noticing I'm like, okay, I'm thinking I'm start, starting to show some signs and I kind of put it on the back burner and like, try to be like, Nope, I'm okay. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I was at that appointment and I took that test and I was like, it it is hard. It's hard to admit. And it's hard to 
be willing to accept it. But once I did, and once I was on my meds, you know, it, it helped in the end and it is hard, but it'll, it'll get better. Yeah. Being, being a mom is definitely not a a cakewalk, walk through the park all the time. It's amazing and it's so enjoyable. And in the end, you love every moment and you look back and you probably laugh about a lot of the ones that you didn't, but it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it easy. You know, it's, it's one of the hardest yet most rewarding and amazing, beautiful things that you'll ever go through. Yeah. 100%. That's why I told Noah, I was like, I, you know, we've had these past, you know, it's just three months now, like these past three months have been the hardest, most challenging times, but I'm like, they are also the most rewarding. And I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it, Mm -hmm. but like, I wouldn't change it for the world. I mean, she is like just seeing her become and getting a personality and it's just, it's just amazing. I don't know. I just, like I said, wouldn't change it for the world. Yes. That's awesome. Well, Haley, thank you so much for taking your time and coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Yes. It's crazy. It's a long one, but like I said, (laughs) totally worth it. (laughs) Yes. It was great. I was very like intrigued the entire time. And I feel like I even learned stuff from your story. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to another episode of what the bump, make sure to follow us over on Instagram at what the bump CLT, check out our website, what the bump CLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.